Episode 65, How to Overcome Confusion and Trust Your Intuition. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Former President Gerald Ford said, History and experience tell us that progress comes not in comfortable and complacent times, but out of trial and confusion. And Alanis Morissette piggybacks onto that sentiment by saying, We're taught to be ashamed of confusion, and to me it's of equal value to happiness, excitement, and inspiration. If you are feeling dissatisfied and unhappy in one or many areas of your life, and you are confused about the next step to take, consider this a high five and a fist bump coming right through your earbuds. It's actually a good thing. And I'll explain to you why in this episode. I've got some new data. I've got some brain science studies that I've been nerding out on that really are going to help give you perspective on why you've made the decisions that you have up until now and why it's hard for you to trust your intuition to do the right thing moving forward. So before we get into all that, and this is going to be the first of some bingeable episodes. I'm going to be releasing in succession just to help you restart your 2019, get on fire, get motivated, and recommit to your goals this year. We're going to get to that in just a second, but first I want to shout out our listener of the week, which is Maria Ball Davis. Maria is a member of our private Facebook community, the Life Amplified Power Tribe. She says, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm loving it, and it's helping me in more ways than I can express. I just listened to the Luke Bailey Wong episode, which was beyond exceptional. I cried and can't believe how powerful it was. Thank you for bringing this podcast to us. Maria, thank you for being part of my life and for showing up here and spending a few minutes with us every week. So happy to hear that the podcast is giving you value. And I would love to shout you out. Whether you just found the podcast or you've been listening to us for a while, uh, I would love to acknowledge you. There are three ways you could be the listener of the week. You can join our private Facebook community like Maria did. We have a link to that for you in the show notes. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason, or you can just leave us those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple. If you're so inclined, it helps us get out there in that new and noteworthy area and just helps us with the algorithm so that we can get more ears on this info. You know, the goal here all along has been to inspire 100 million people to overcome the conditioning of who they've been taught to be so you can create an amplified life based on who you truly are. So all that being said, let's talk about confusion. It's the number one thing I hear from new clients. It's one of the number one things I see on coaching applications when people reach out to me. Dan, you know, my career sucks. My relationship sucks. My overall happiness sucks, but I don't know what to do to fix it. That's not really the case. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, but confusion is a pattern that we can develop and latch onto because it keeps us safe, it keeps us small, and it keeps us from taking a risk. When I think back on where I was in 2014, I was going out to dinner with my buddy Eric, who was all excited to hear about my new job. This was like the third job that I had taken in the span of about three years, and I kept chasing new titles, bigger money, 
expecting everything to be the golden goose that was going to bring me happiness. You know, I was looking for like my Wonka bar golden ticket that was going to help me create this life of fulfillment and deep satisfaction and joy. And nothing was working. Each new job I took just left me more and more miserable. It came with more pressure, more politics within a corporate structure. I felt a continued loss of freedom. For me, it all culminated in this dinner with my friend because I had only been at the job for about three months. We sat down and he's all excited to hear about how it's going. Dan, you know, tell me, how's the job? And I literally chugged a glass of wine and just looked at him. I'm sure you could just see the misery on my face. I said, Eric, this is the last contract I will ever sign in the radio industry. And I'm sure on some level, my friend judged me a little bit because he watched me go from job to job. He's like, this guy's never happy. Like, what's wrong with him? But he didn't say anything shitty to me, at least on the surface. He just asked me, he said, well, what is it that you're going to do next? And I looked him in the eyes. I said, I don't know but I'll figure it out. And I took some real small, tiny little action steps in the ensuing weeks after that because this dinner was in December. I did sign up to go take a writing workshop in New York City, you know, around the New Year's where I was working with somebody who was a Broadway writer and performer. That was back in the days when I thought I was going to, you know, be the next great American playwright. And that wasn't really the thing. And I tried a couple other things that I was dipping a toe in the water on, but nothing really felt right. I will say by taking that imperfect action, it led me to the next right step because at the writing workshop I went to in January, I ended up being invited to be part of a private Facebook group for other people who were in the workshop. And somebody posted a link to a podcast in that Facebook group hosted by a man who turned out to be the first coach that I ever hired. So the wrong thing led me eventually to the right thing that helped me create momentum and move me forward. But even when I signed up with my first life coach, I didn't know what it was I wanted to create. I had a great picture on everything that sucked. So when he asked me, Dan, what would make you happy? I, you know me, I'm verbose AF. If you listen to this podcast enough, I went for 25 minutes straight about everything that I didn't want and the things that weren't making me happy. But for me, I had no clear vision on what that next step looked like. And the truth is, is I did know, at least like at a 30,000 foot up level, that I wanted more freedom in my life you know, over my time and schedule. I wanted more freedom over my own creativity. There was a new level of self-expression within me that was looking to come forward that wasn't being met in a radio career where I was helping, you know, other DJs and morning shows develop their content and express themselves creatively, all while I was sort of like lurking in the shadows, looking for some way to feel seen and heard. And I knew that I wanted to make an impact. You know, I knew that there was something within me that could really help other people overcome their suffering. By that point, I had a good idea of what are the things that I had overcome in my life to get to where I was, and I wanted to help pull other people up. I just didn't know exactly exactly what that career looked like and if anybody would pay me for it. So that was a problem. And maybe you're in the same place today. If you're being honest and if you had won that, you know, $750 million Powerball jackpot a while back, you know the thing that you'd be doing with your life if money was no object. There's part of you right now that's not sure that A, you're qualified for it or that you can get paid or maybe you don't know exactly how to create it. But at a deep, deep level, you know what it is you'd like to create. So if you're a person who's fighting confusion today, what it tells me is three things. Number one, 
high five to you, there's new momentum in your life that you are initiating yourself. And I think that that is so important because change in our life happens one of two ways. Either we proactively create the change or if we wait too long, life will create the circumstances where it feels like the world is crumbling down and we're forced to change. If you're a person who's thinking about leaving a toxic relationship, creating a purpose-filled dream career that's lucrative for you, it's so much better for you to be asking these questions and going on your life amplified journey right now than waiting until you get laid off or you get hit with divorce papers or until your health goes south, which is what so many people do. So congratulations. If you're confused, I want to spin this and help you see the positive side of that, that you are creating change in your life. Here's the problem, though. This is point number two. You don't trust yourself. You don't. There's part of you that has this feeling, even if it's vague terms, what you want to bring forward. But there's also part of you that says, oh, God, what if I do this and I go broke? Or what if I do this and I suck at it? Or what if I do this and people leave me because I'm not this other thing that I portrayed to the world for so many years? And this gut instinct, this vision, this feeling that you have about the next stage of your life might very well be in conflict with what the people around you in your life either want or expect from you. So that causes a lot of anxiety. But when it comes to this idea of trusting yourself and how you've made decisions up until now, I think the data that I'm going to share with you is going to absolutely change your life. And this data, by the way, you know, came forward, I think, in 2018 is when I found a lot of articles on this. So I don't know if any of this has gone mainstream yet. It's the first I've heard of it. And I think this is really going to open your eyes because scientists now want to extend the age of adolescence to 25 years old. And this is based on brain science. They believe that adolescence should be between the ages of 10 and 25 years old. Now, somebody out there is listening to this and already crafting their argument about, oh, them damn entitled millennials. We're just going to treat our children like infants forever. Or there might be some of you who are parents who are like, oh, hell no. I don't want my kid living with me till he's 24. (laughs) You know, you tell little Jimmy or Susie, they go out there and find their own way. Let me just give you the science on why people in the scientific community want to extend adolescence. It's that the brain is not even fully developed until age 24. The prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that's really in charge of rational thinking and analyzing, does not fully develop until close to the mid-20s. So what does that mean? Well, it means early in life, we're making decisions from an emotional place. We're actually making our decisions around 17, 18, 19 years old from a place of the amygdala, which is the fight or flight response. And in terms of, you know, thinking about the overview of your career, if you're a person who is stuck in a soul-sucking job that you fell into that is not satisfying, this should make the light bulbs go off and like the skies open and make it feel like Jesus is singing to you right now. Because what is the age that we typically expect people to figure out their career path? You know, we send kids away to college at 18. Hopefully by the end of your second year, you've declared a major. So by 20, you're locked in, you start interning at a place, you get the degree, you go to work, and you've made the decision from the least rational part of your brain. 
that prefrontal cortex that's not developed is the part of you that inhibits impulses and gives you the ability to plan and organize your behavior to reach a goal, but it's not fully developed. So the counter to this is that early in life, you know, when we think about those teen years through the early 20s, the part of the brain that is highly active is our reward system. That lights up around the time of puberty and then gradually gets back to an adult level at age 25. So while the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, the part of the brain that's lit up is your brain's reward system. That goes really active right around the time of puberty and then gradually goes back to an adult level at 25. So we're seeking the rewards. We're making decisions based on the emotional part of us, the fight or flight part of us, about will my needs get met? Will people approve of me? Will I do right by my family and make them proud? Usually later in high school, all of a sudden you're making these decisions that get you approval from the tribe, but it might not be best aligned with your vision for your life. Totally the case for me. I was the kid who was a super overachiever. I mean, you know my old career was in radio. I had my very first on-air job at a tiny little AM station when I was 16 years old. You know, I didn't go to my junior prom. Well, okay, so let's be real about this. I probably didn't go to my junior prom because I couldn't get a date that year, but it was a great excuse to say that I was working. So while all my friends were out probably getting drunk and having sex like in the back of a car after prom, I was like up at 2 a.m. just running the studio during these like satellite fed political talk shows. And I'd get to open the mic twice an hour and be like, you know, soybeans were up two points today. And my dad was so proud. He loved listening to all those tapes when I brought them home. He loved giving me feedback. My father worked in the radio industry and there was so much this idea of feeling seen and feeling like I got the attaboy for that. That reward system was lit up. And that's the part of me that said, well, I'm going to go to college and study this. And even though around the age of 19 or 20 is when I changed majors for a period of time because I had a desire to get into performing arts and to do acting, I only lasted with that major change for a year. And then I quickly drove the car back over to what was safe and familiar because my parents were in my ear a lot saying, well, Dan, if you go pursue acting, you better figure it out. You better go wait tables, buddy. We're not giving you any financial assistance when you graduate. And that part of me was like, oh, my God, will my needs get met? So I was making all these life and career decisions from the amygdala because my prefrontal cortex was not developed. And think about how this is applied to your life. How many times have you done a major because you followed in the family footsteps? Or maybe your friend was going to go become a teacher in college and you figured, well, I don't know what I want. Maybe I'll go become a teacher too. And what I think is the craziest part about this discussion is if we're making decisions early in life, whether it be in career, relationships, If we're making it from the impulsive emotional reward center part of our brain and not from the rational thinking part, typically we're making decisions to please other people and that never works out well. You know, we follow the prescribed path of, you know, go to school, work hard, get the degree, get the job. But now we're doing work that we don't love and we've told ourselves, well, I'm the problem. You know, because I chose something that I didn't like. So this creates almost a a mistrust within ourselves. 
you know, maybe as a kid early on in high school, you gravitated toward relationships where you got attention, but they weren't necessarily the healthiest people for you. And then you got cheated on or you got played. And then you start to form these opinions about, well, when I put myself out there, this is all I'm really worthy of. So you tune out from the ultimate truth that's within you and just get into these patterns because things have not worked out in the past, but it's because you're not making the decision from the wisest, most rational part of you in the first place. It creates a self-fulfilling prophecy of mistrust. Is this making sense? Hopefully you're tracking with me. Feel free to shoot me an email on this if this is not making sense to you. Dan at creativesoulcoaching.net. And a couple of other addendums to add on to this is that sometimes if you grew up in an environment with trauma where there was abuse, if there was neglect in your home, then that can further delay the development of the prefrontal cortex. So it could take another couple years beyond the age of 24 for that part of you to be fully developed. You could literally be pushing 30 before you have the full capacity to make the best decisions for yourself. People who've experienced severe complex trauma in their life tend to be hypervigilant. They live in fight or flight. Their world is run by the amygdala. So this pattern just continues even longer than what the typical science would say. So this is a really hot button issue in the legal community right now about how do you define an adult like within the foster care community. You know, there's so many times when children who come from these rough backgrounds are just sort of set loose out into the world at age 18 and they're trying to fend for themselves, but they might not fully have the mental capacity to goal set and to organize their life in such a way that they can go toward what they want. So there's some people who've even advocated extending the age of the foster care system. The interesting thing is when you look at this data, it's like the car companies, the car rental companies have got it right. You got to be what, 23, 24 years old before you can legally rent a car in the United States? Hertz and Enterprise were way ahead of the brain science community, apparently, when they when they created their business model. So let's get back to the idea of trusting yourself. Well, in Eric Erickson's Eight Stages of Human Development, the first very foundational one he talks about is basic trust. And in the context of what he teaches, it's focused on trust and or mistrust of the outer world, especially the people that are out there. But Having gone on my own Amplified Life journey and doing thousands of client hours now with people all over the world, what often appears is I can't trust other people. At the bottom of that is I don't trust myself to deal with it. I don't trust myself to set boundaries and say no to people that might be dangerous to me. I don't trust myself to honor my intuition and make decisions that are aligned with my highest good or aligned with my purpose. I don't trust myself to say no when I want to get the approval or feel the connection of other people and the instinct to change myself to please them. So how do we connect back to our intuition? And really go within. Well, the first thing that you need to do is to calm your monkey mind. You need some sort of self-care practice that gets you out of your amygdala and just back into your heart and your heart's wisdom. For me, that's meditation. Some of the best intuitive downloads I've had on my next right step have all come when I just get silent and meditate. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are resistant to it because they think that you're supposed to sit and think about nothing for 15 minutes, which causes them anxiety in and of itself. There is no wrong way to meditate. You know, the idea of meditation for me is that thoughts do come up and you can just observe them 
and direct your attention back to the breath. And the more that you do that, the more you can feel a sense of calm, the more those other thoughts drift away and you realize you are not your thoughts, particularly the negative ones that tell you that you're not enough. So you need some sort of practice to cultivate stillness because your intuition isn't hiding from you. It's always been there. It's just that we've been conditioned early in life and part of our brain psychology plays into this as we've talked today that we've been conditioned to seek the approval of others and to fit in more than to value ourselves. So the second step, once we calm your mind, we want to get you into a habit of avoiding people who undermine your self-trust. If there are people in your life who are naysayers, who don't want you to succeed, you know, if they're the dream smashers out there, we want to create some distance in our life from those people. And that might be tough for you because sometimes the biggest naysayers are our parents. It could be a spouse, a significant other. It could be the people that we really love. So, you know, you might not want to just cut them off out of your life completely, but you got to be able to start building a community with the people who truly see you for who you are and encourage you and support you. You know, mentorship, having a coach in your corner is a great way to do this, but you also need like-minded people to support you along the path. Another way to begin to develop more trust in yourself and to avoid confusion is to keep the promises that you've made to yourself. You know, developing self-trust also includes just, you know, becoming your own best friend and being the midwife to your own dreams. So as you make a commitment, you know, to take a small action step, do that. This has come up with a a couple clients recently, noticing that they feel more confident and feel more self-esteem because they're staying in daily action and have an accountability plan with me to continue to work toward their goals. So that's been awesome, right? Keep your promises to yourself. And then the other piece of this is really just monitoring your self-talk, being kind to yourself, speaking kindly to yourself. Like I told you, there are so many people who tuned into this episode today. You've judged yourself up until now for being confused. Oh, I'm so lost. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. No, celebrate the fact you're lost because it's the companion to eventually being found. You can't find yourself unless you feel lost along the way. You can't be lost and not know who you are without eventually finding yourself. They're like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. So it's actually a great sign that you're being pulled to grow into the next version of yourself. So really monitoring your self-talk, noticing when you're getting into self-judgment, and then creating some sort of pattern interrupt. You know, I've talked about this before. I've actually named that negative part of myself. You know, my alter ego is Darnell Mason, who actually talks like Kevin Hart in my head. And once I was able to separate that and realize it's not me and I could repeat those negative thoughts out loud in the voice of Kevin Hart, it became easier for me to laugh at. But, you know, it's only through doing a lot of coaching that I built awareness up around the fact that I even slip into those negative patterns in the first place. Really, there's one more point I wanted to share with you today when it comes to overcoming confusion and learning to trust yourself. You have to give up the need for certainty about the road ahead. Any new level that you're growing into in your career, in your relationships, in your finances, in your health is going to come with some sort of fear attached to it. If you're not scared, you're living in your comfort zone and you cannot grow from the comfort zone. Knowing that clarity is the byproduct of taking the courageous action step. Like I said, for me, you know, a lot of this started with going to a writing workshop, trying to write a Broadway play, 
that not being the answer, but then finding in a Facebook group uh, a podcast that led me to my first coach and mentor. And then from there, that led me into experimenting and, and becoming a coach for creative types and eventually becoming a career and life transition coach. The wrong move is still better than making no move. You know, even though my purpose in life is not to be the next Neil Simon over here, taking that step and allowing myself to fail got me out of inertia and led me exactly to where I'm supposed to be. This podcast, my coaching practice, a best-selling book, none of these things come to fruition without first just going to a writing workshop. So have a little grace with yourself. So just to recap today... If you're confused, it's a sign of three things, that you are now being pulled to initiate change in your life. Number two, it's a sign that you're having a hard time trusting yourself. Number three, it's a sign that you're obsessed with having certainty on the road ahead, which you'll never have 100%. You have to release the attachment to the certainty so you can leave the comfort zone. And if you're looking to better trust yourself, let's talk about that. Number one, you have to eliminate or minimize your exposure to the people who undermine your self-trust. You have to keep the promises to yourself. You have to have a mentor and community to help you move forward. And you want to be more gentle, give yourself grace, and speak kindly to yourself. All these things sound great on a podcast, but how do you actually implement it? Well, I have an amazing coaching program that is kicking off on June 15th that is going to give you everything that you need here. This is going to be a process that's going to guide you back to that intuitive, wise part of yourself to help you find clarity on what you really want and to give you a powerful action plan to move forward into that next vision of your life. It's going to give you daily accountability with goal setting. It's going to give you daily access to me as your mentor and a tribe of like-minded people who are going to become your new support system as you create a career and life Amplified. This is my signature group coaching program, Life Amplified VIP group coaching. I can tell you this has a 94% satisfaction rating from former clients. I can tell you that new businesses have been born out of people doing this program. New income streams have been generated. New marriages and relationships have been manifested. And perhaps most importantly, more than those outside goals, a deeper sense of purpose, a commitment to self-love, a commitment to honoring yourself is going to be the biggest byproduct that comes out of signing up for this program. I am so lit up and excited to guide you through this 12-week journey of transformation. You go to danmasoncoaching.com right now to fill out an application. And because you're a listener of the podcast, I will give you a $500 discount when you sign up and enroll. So Fill out that application, get the information at danmasoncoaching.com, and here is the commitment that I will make to you. If this is a program that you're ready to say yes to, first, you need to say yes to yourself and honor that, but say yes to the program, and I promise you that you will not recognize your life in 90 days from now. That I will absolutely make a promise. I think that this is the most powerful container for transformation, and I think my one-on-one programs are great. 
But there is something to be said for having that tribe and having the community of support and the people to help you move forward even on the days you're not sure and you don't believe in yourself. That's why a lot of the mentorship programs that I participate in are a group coaching variety. It would mean the world to me if you're enjoying the podcast, if you would like to work with me directly to implement these principles into your life, to be 100% crystal clear and to create your next vision for your life, I've got you. DanMasonCoaching.com. Don't forget, you can always share this podcast with a friend. That would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot it, share it to social media, and let me know you're listening. Tag me at CSC Dan Mason. Get ready. Lots of bingeable content coming in the next two weeks. I'll talk to you next time. But until then, be sure to turn down the volume on your negativity and turn up the volume on your purpose because it's time to live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.